Welcome to HB Media Minute, a podcast from Haynes and Boone that focuses on legal trends impacting the media and entertainment industry, intellectual property, and First Amendment law. I'm Nathan Koppel, the Director of Media Relations for Haynes Boone. Today, we're going to explore an interesting issue about the growing cannabis industry in that it involves the do's and don'ts of advertising and using influencers, athletes, and celebrities to market cannabis products. We're joined today by Teresa Condua, an IP partner in Haynes and Boone's Orange County office. Teresa advises clients on trademark disputes, patent litigation, and technology transactions, among other matters. A former in-house counsel at cannabis company Dosist, Teresa also heads Haynes Boone's CBD and hemp industry group, which counsels clients on a range of issues, including FDA compliance, patents, brand protection, trade secrets, advertising, and investigations. Before we get started today, first, our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only, is not intended to be legal advice, and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. All right. With that aside, Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nathan. Glad to be here. And before we get going on talking about advertising, I've got questions about vocabulary or vernacular. There's a lot of different um, terms I think people have heard in regards to cannabis and kind of like your help sorting through these. So, uh, I'm thinking cannabis, marijuana, CBD, hemp, THC, cannabinoids. Um, can you help me parse these terms? Sure. Yeah, it can be confusing as to what these terms mean and what's legal and what's not. I think by now, many of us have seen cannabis and CBD products everywhere, especially CBD and hemp products, you know, from your pharmacies, your grocery stores, to even luxury stores like Neiman Marcus. And we even have you know, so-called mainstream companies entering into joint ventures involved with cannabis products. And note that we've seen tons of celebrities, everyone from Mike Tyson to Seth Rogen to even Martha Stewart, jumping into these market initiatives. So it can be confusing. So let's start off with a quick overview of some of the terms that you mentioned. So starting off with cannabis, that's what most uh, people refer to as marijuana. Uh, but there are three types of cannabis plants. And the ratio of the THC in this cannabis, and THC is uh, tetrahydrocannabinol, and I don't mean this for this to be a science experiment, <laughs> but it's important to differentiate um, these terms. So the THC is the psychoactive substance that produces the high associated with smoking cannabis or marijuana. And so when most people think of marijuana, they think of products that are contain high THC content. And to make matters even more confusing, we've all seen hemp. Hemp is actually a variety of a type of cannabis plant. But the main difference in what we think of as cannabis or marijuana versus hemp is the amount of THC, the psychoactive substance that it contains versus the amount of CBD. Uh, you know, so, for example, uh, cannabis or what we consider marijuana contains more THC and less CBD. Uh, CBD mm -hmm. does not produce the psychoactive high that we associate with cannabis use. And so that's typically the main difference. Um, and so when we think of cannabis marijuana, we're typically thinking of products that contain high THC and less CBD. When we think of CBD and hemp products, that's the reverse. It contains high CBD and low or no THC. 
And then lastly, without getting even too sciencey, we've also seen a number of new products on the market. The THC that I've been referring to is known as Delta 9 THC, but mm-hmm. there's a version that's typically produced in the lab known as Delta 8 THC. Uh, so you may also pre- see that on the store shelves, and that is derived from CBD and, and may produce um, a little bit of a high, unlike plain CBD itself. Wow. And just as a backdrop, my impression, and I'm sure and yours is also, also Teresa, that all these, uh, the, the industry as a whole is growing, including CBD, hemp, all of the above. Is, is, is that your impression? Yes, absolutely. I think we've seen an explosion over the last few years um, of these products as more and more states uh, legalize some versions of, the, of cannabis products. It, you did such a, a nice job of differentiating you know, marijuana from hemp and, and the different, you know, the different amounts of THC versus the CBD, the, the ratio there. What's the difference between CBD and, and hemp products that you see so much of? If hemp has more, more CHD, CBD rather less THC, I guess I'm still confused about the difference there between CBD and hemp products. It's completely understandable. The main difference is where the product is coming from. So CBD, you know, you see it in oils, topicals, um, and other products. It's typically products that use the stalks or the leaves or the flowers of the hemp plant. And Mm -hmm. the the flowers, the stalks contain a high concentration of CBD. Hemp oil products, on the other hand, come from the seeds themselves, and they contain little to no CBD. So the main product is basically which part of the cannabis plant um, that the product is coming from. So now, Teresa, I'm going to ask you to to take one foot out of the science realm and one foot into the the legal realm. Where are we? And and this is, I I know, probably equally complex, but where are we with the sort of the legality of cannabis and CBD products? Um, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. It's a complicated uh, landscape, and as we sit here today, the you know the landscape continues to change. But as of right now, cannabis is legal in some form, either medical use only, or medical and adult or recreational use, or CBD in 37 states. Uh, there are currently, though, 13 states where the products are still fully illegal. Um, as you can imagine, most of the you know, so fully legal states where you can use it for both medicinal and adult use or recreational purposes are fairly concentrated on the West Coast with mm-hmm. the East Coast, with states like New York and New Jersey starting to catch up. Um, the Midwest is still debating uh, its status and it's a hodgepodge of legality there. Uh, and as you can imagine, the most restrictive uh, states typically are concentrated in, in the Southern region. And then to add to this complicated legal landscape, I think um, most folks are familiar in 2018 where the Farm Bill was enacted. And so that bill legalized the production and possession and sale of CBD and hemp products in the U.S. But under that bill, certain types of CBD product are still federally illegal uh, for, you know, Specifically, uh, products are CBD products, I should say, excuse me, are illegal when they are infused or incorporated into food or they're labeled as dietary supplement products. And this is all because of the FDA's Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act, uh, which makes it still unlawful to include food or supplements uh, containing CBD. So it's super complicated in terms of what products I think 
Um, uh, you know, the, the popular opinion is that most folks think that CBD is completely legal in all 50 states. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it depends on the type of products. And to sum it up, typically CBD ingestibles, anything you consume, whether it's in uh, food product, it's an inhalable version, or it's a supplement, is considered illegal under the federal uh, Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act under the FDA. But, but conversely, for example, CBD topical creams, which you see a lot of, those those on, on balance would be largely legal in, in most of the U.S.? Correct. Yeah. So okay. topicals are largely legal. And, and, then, and then hemp is... Uh, it's got its own patchwork of legality as well that's separate and apart from CBD or does it sort of fall under the same legal? It falls order? under the CBD. So the CBD that's legal is CBD that's derived from hemp. And this is okay. where the legal and science comes in. So it has to be a certain uh, specific uh, source from hemp as opposed to being sourced from um, what I've described before as a cannabis plants that contain high THC concentrations. It's it's interesting, Teresa, because you mentioned earlier on that you've got, you know, all these celebrities and, it, you know, probably grows daily influencers, athletes that are now involved in in cannabis advertising. And given the, the still gray area of legality in parts of the U.S., it's a, it's I guess it's surprising to me. That it seems like there's a disconnect. How, how does how do you square those two things? Yeah, as you can imagine, given the regulatory landscape concerning the legality, you know, influencer and athlete endorsements um, promotions are quite complicated to navigate. So it's important to know the different federal and state uh, landscapes before entering into this. You know, for example, if a company is interested in leveraging an influencer to market a cannabis or CBD product, they have to follow some of the same advertising regulations uh, from the FTC. Uh, surrounding influencers endorsing products, you know, for example, their FTC guidelines, whether you are, um, you know, promoting or influencing uh, a shoe product, so you have to follow those same guidelines. But of course, as you can imagine, with cannabis products, it's even more uh, regulations that you have to follow from state regulations to FTC regulations to potentially even different social media platform regulations. You know, but to back up a little bit, uh, I mentioned the FTC endorsement guidelines. Typically, with any influencer or marketing guidelines, you have to follow you know, these guidelines, which typically shows that any claims made about a product, whether it's through an endorsement or testimonial, must be substantiated. And what that means is you, know, you have to have proof to back it up. And claims that are related to health and safety demand an even higher level of substantiation based on the reliable scientific evidence. The problem with cannabis is because it's still federally illegal, there's been a number of limited studies into the effects and the health claims. So you have to be super careful in the kind of claims that you are making when you are engaging in this uh, type of uh, activity. And then there's also a lot of state regulations along with the FTC guidelines. You also have to comply with a number of uh, consumer protection laws, which differ by states. Um, and a number of states have enact the specific regulations around surrounding cannabis and CBD advertisements. Uh, you know, the laws differ, but I think the one common thread across the different states is to prevent um, advertisements from reaching those who are under the age of 21. You know, you hit on a point that I would think is a question that has come up in the minds of many people as, as there's been this explosion of CBD products. Um, you know, it seems to me that you see CBD products make some some pretty bold claims um, that they can cure 
you know, everything from, um, you know, sore, sore muscles to cancer to Alzheimer's disease. Uh, what's the federal government done about some of these sorts of claims? Has there been regulatory oversight or, or pushback? Absolutely. You know, there are a lot of wild claims out there um, that, you know, violate these FTC guidelines that we've talked about. And in fact, the FTC and the FDA have established an operation that they called cleverly Operation CBDC uh, to remind <laughs> companies that some of these health really representations, especially for CBD products, are subject to the same established requirements of uh, claim substantiation that the FTC applies for decades to any product advertising and health claim. You know, the FCC has sent dozens of warning letters to companies suspected of making these claims and continues to do so. Um, and has been focused uh, as of late on influencer and sponsor content. I mean, I, I dare say, Teresa, that that's social uh, influencers um, may not have as good a handle on the regulatory laws as, as companies do. I mean, what, what happens when an influencer gets on um, Instagram or whatever platform they use and makes claims about how much a certain CBD product, for example, has done for them. And and, and uh, are they also subject to some of these same regulations? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, both the company and the brand and the employers are also on the hook for the claims that they're making. So, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, companies will engage a celebrity or an athlete to do things. You have to be very careful about what that influencer says because the brand is also on the hook and that can lead to you know, certain implications, especially in the cannabis space. You know, so for example, there are a number of cannabis licensing authorities um, that have stated that the, you know, the statements by um, the cannabis company's influencer or other agent, if it violates the cannabis rules, then they may also uh, you know, these rules, they, they may also be able to be subject to losing uh, their actual cannabis license. And as you know, um, getting cannabis license can be very complicated and expensive venture. So you have to be very careful about what your influencers are saying, not just from the FTC federal perspective, but from the various state rules, because that can put your company and your license on the hook for what the influencer says and possibly lose your license. So the bottom line is, you know, be careful about what your influencer are saying. Don't make any false or unsubstantiated claims. Um, you want to avoid making claims regarding the ability of CBD to expressly prevent or treat any condition or ailment. God, that must be scary for companies because it seems like a, I would think some influencers are, are, could be hard to corral. Um, but I guess you factor that in when you when you think about who you're going to retain to help you market your products. Um, let, let me ask you, what about athletes? Are, are they getting into this uh, business of marketing CBD products? And, and all, what about professional sports leagues as well? Yeah, this is also another complicated area. As more and more states have passed laws legalizing cannabis use, there are a number of professional sports leagues that have made changes to their own cannabis policy as to whether athletes may um, engage or use um, various cannabis and CBD products. So this has opened the door for endorsement and marketing opportunities, both for the athletes and some leagues as well. You know, so for example, on one end of the spectrum, you have leagues like Major League Baseball, UFC, or Ultimate Fighting Championship, um, mm -hmm. and women's soccer, and uh, the NHL that allow cannabis use. So you have athletes in these spaces who have a little bit more opportunity to engage in these endorsement and marketing opportunities. Then there is a, a group of leagues that have sort of taken a moderate approach. So you have the NFL and the NBA, and they've relaxed their testing rules surrounding cannabis 
and uh, CBD use. And then you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum. You have uh, teams, leagues like NASCAR, USA Track and Field, and, and MLS that have still continued to ban cannabis use, although CBD is allowed in some circumstances. So athletes in these spaces need to be checked carefully as to you know whether and how to engage in endorsement and market opportunities surrounding cannabis. I think there's a sea change happening where the leagues themselves, like for example, the UFC, have entered into various sponsorship arrangements involving cannabis and CBD companies, opening the door for its athletes to be branded ambassadors for these companies. I think something interesting that's happened as of late is uh, in the Indy 500, there, there were cars uh, that participated that were sponsored by um, at least two different CBD companies. And so the interesting thing about this is that, you know, while drivers themselves are not able to sponsor their products or use the substance because it's still banned, uh, the cars, the uh, excuse me, the league itself was able to engage in the sponsorships, making there being a bit of a, a shift and um, a misalignment in terms of how and where you can uh, sponsor in this space. And then you have to add the added wrinkle that certain sports brands, especially those that are engaged in the running industry, like New Balance and Saucony, don't allow their athletes to be associated with cannabis. So you also have to then be careful when you're considering cross-promotional conflicts. It's interesting to hear how the different leagues uh, take different approaches here. It's kind of not surprising to me that the UFC is maybe a little more bolder, <laughs> pushing the boundaries than, than say the MLB, for example. Um, and now you know, there's been such a revolution in college sports where college athletes now can engage or, or, or strike name, image, and likeness uh, deals to um, – um, are they are college athletes now able to get in the business of, of endorsing – CBD products? And so yeah, the rules surrounding whether college athletes can endorse in cannabis CBD is murky at best. You know, I think as anticipated, you know, endorsement and advertising strategies involving college athletes have exploded following the Supreme Court ruling in the NCAA versus Alston, um, mm -hmm. which, as you mentioned, opened the door for name, image, and likeness um, endorsement deals. You know, we've seen all kinds of deals from partnerships with Taco Bell to even a partnership with a beer company. Um, and I think that's what you know, might be illustrative or be able to address how we can structure cannabis and CBD in this space. But I think with like anything else, there's a lot of questions um, surrounding NIL rules and uncertainties. And, you know, the bottom line is, I think it depends on the school, the state, and of course your age. It's, um, you know, while the NCA technically can't uh, dictate or restrict the partnerships for the collegiate athletes because of the Supreme Court ruling, the NCAA still has a list of banned substances, including cannabis products. So any athlete uh, considering this has to make, consider these rules. And then there are some states like Mississippi, uh, you know, who've established NIL laws that prevent athletes from endorsing so-called taboo products, which includes, you know, cannabis, um, alcohol, anything that goes against, uh, you know, sort of school codes. But I think there's potential for some sponsorships in this area. You know, for example, the University of Colorado Athletics recently signed a deal with a CBD and hemp um, health and wellness company. And so while the partnership is with the school itself and the athletes are still not able to endorse, I think that's one example of how there's a bit of a change uh, in the thinking of how CBD can fit into college athletics. And one one constant theme listening to you, Teresa, is just how unbelievably regulated 
this industry is and how, I mean, any aspect of it, you'd be, it seems to me, I can understand why we've got a practice here at Haynes Boone. It seems like you would be wise to, to consult a lawyer before, uh, before you uh, strike any endorsement deals um, as, as a, as a company. Um, well, before we close out here, any, any other takeaways or, or thoughts you'd like to add to the, the, the good points you've made so far? I think you've hit it just on the nail because the, you know, the nuanced and complex nature of the requirements is important to, you know, work with an attorney and get to know the different federal regulations, the state laws, the social media platform rules. They also have their own different uh, rules. And I think, you know, I think we mentioned before, social media influencers and athletes are likely not familiar with this complex uh, and nuanced marketing uh Landscape, you know, you got to enter into detailed agreements uh, that clearly outline um, what obligations the influencer has under the FTC, under the state rules, under the social media company policies, and the various cannabis regulations. It doesn't one of those things where you can you know, sort of iron out in a simple one-page contract with your influencer, which is typically popular in some influencer agreements. This one needs to have you know, specific language as to what your influencer or athlete can say. Or bright as you know, as a respect to their endorsements, um, it's you should also include up the where you have uh, the ability to review the influencers' posts and best yet, even provide actual written examples of what they can and can't say um, in order to avoid and reduce the risk of violating the the many rules out there. And importantly, I think it's important to use actual posts rather than stories or live engagements. Um, this makes it easier for you to review and reduces the influencer's ability to sort of go off script uh, during a live broadcast. So you have those guardrails in place to help mitigate um, risk in this complex landscape. Well, it's, it's really some, some good reminders here for people because I'm sure it's easy to think that, that if, if a certain state or locality uh, legalizes CBD products, for example, or hemp products that it's, you know, that you've got latitude to do whatever you want, but, but far from it. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of laws and regulations that need to be followed, um, closely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, Teresa, thanks again so much. Really interesting primer here on a fascinating growing industry. Uh, I'd like to invite listeners to visit the firm's website at haynesboon.com where you'll find our inter- media and entertainment litigation practice page, which contains links to our media, entertainment, and First Amendment newsletter. Um, you can also find more about our CBD uh, and hemp industry group on our website. And uh, also, you can find links to our HB Media Minute podcast, which are also available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. And I hope you'll tune in for the next issue of next episode of the HB Media Minute.